Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to Nashville Live. For those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Alvin. I serve as lead pastor here. Really glad you're with us on this Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy early Thanksgiving. Favorite holiday. It's been like that for a while. I think it's because of the family, but the food is a... Uh, a big part of it too, so I just pray you have a good one. I hope that it's surrounded by people that you love, whether it's friends or family. I pray that uh, you get to reflect on how good God has been to you. And then yes, I do hope that the food is delicious. Hope it's seasoned well, not dry, but great. Um, I'm grateful because I have my mother and father-in-law here. Jasmine's parents are here. Mr. Sergio and Miss Raquel San Martin, here to see you. We, we know why you really came. You want to see that, honey. You love us, but you really love, honey. Um, but yeah, we get to spend time with them this week. And uh, I'm just grateful for the word. I'm grateful for this next part of our series on legacy. Before we get into it, I would just love for us to repeat these words after me. So, so let's say it. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Uh, we are wrapping up 2023. It's been a, a great year. Um, it, was, it hit me that this will be the uh, third year of me being lead pastor here at the church. It's been three years. Um, and I just want to thank God and, and thank you all for being such a great church um, during this transitional time um, of change and development and growth. And it's really been a journey, which is really part of my job as pastors to take you all or help you all on your own spiritual journey with God. And that journey here at Nashville Life is to know God, uh, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And that's the journey I'm on, too. I'm on the same journey with you. And the ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. I believe the word shows that. I believe that Jesus teaches us that. I really believe that's the case for all of us. I think the only reason why we're still on this earth today, if you are alive today, God has a purpose for you to make a difference. Let me put it this way. I believe he wants to make a difference in the world through you. I believe that God wants to heal this world. I believe he wants to save this world. I believe he wants to connect this world to Jesus, and he wants to do it through you and through me. Um, legacy is the name of our series. This is part three of our legacy series, and I want to talk a little bit about it. Uh, legacy is what people remember once we're gone. We're not always going to be here, and our legacy is what we leave behind. What actions, what choices did we make in this life where that people will remember after we're gone. Psalms 112, Psalms 112, verse 5 through 6. It says, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. They will be remembered forever. Um, one day we will be gone. And though we die, what we do doesn't die. Um, the good that we do, I believe that God has called us to 
make choices and to do actions that will live on even beyond our lives. Um, and God uses this scripture to motivate us towards generosity by telling us that good comes to those who are generous. I believe um, if, I'm, if we're honest, a lot of us can get anxious when it comes to being generous and, and giving, whether it's financial, whether it's time, whether it's energy. And oftentimes, I'm not sure about you, but it's connected to a fear of not having enough. You know, what if I don't have enough energy for my life? I can't give energy to that, or I can't give time to that. What, I want, what if I don't have time? And there's this idea that if we're generous, that, that we have to, uh, we're going to be lacking, or we're going to have without, or we're going to be without. And the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible tells us the opposite. It says good comes to those. So that's really to counter that fear that, you know, if I'm generous, then, then I'm not going to have anything. Or if I'm generous, I'm going to be taken advantage of, or I'm going to be abused, or I'm going to be misused, or people are going to misuse what I, what I give to them, or they're not going to appreciate. I'm going to be looked over. You know, all the fears that we have, none of those things are affirmed in Scripture. It tells us that good will come to us. So we should be motivated and know that as long as we are generous and, and lending freely, according to scripture, we can expect good. Like the song, we can expect great things. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go the way we want it to go. It doesn't mean we're not going to have difficulties. It doesn't mean that we're not going to go through trials. But we can rest assured that according to scripture, if we act generously towards others and if we lend freely to those in need, we can expect good to come our way. So not only do, uh, do people remember when we do good after we're gone, but legacy is also what God remembers when we're gone. God has a memory and he promises to, to not forget any good that we do in his name. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. The scriptures, again, to put us at ease in, on the topic of generosity in case we're tempted to get anxious or, or tense or, or afraid. God is not unjust, and the scripture says he will not forget your work and check this out. Look, look at the wording. The love that you have shown him as you have helped people, his people, and continue to help them. So a way that we love God is by helping each other. When you help his people, you're loving him. That's why Jesus says you can't say that you love him and don't love uh, your brother and your sister because it's actually loving and helping each other that we show love to God. If you want to love God well, love his people well. And he will receive it as you're loving him. Vice versa. If you shun people and don't treat them well, he will take it as you shunning him. That, that famous scripture where, where both said, you know, Jesus, when did we reject you? He says, well, when you rejected that person that was in need. He, the, the other person said, Jesus, when did we clothe you? He says, when you clothed that person who was in need. When you were clothing that person, you were clothing me. When you were feeding that person, you were feeding me. And none of it is forgotten. God remembers it 
all. So be encouraged, especially those of you who are, who are uh, maybe not feeling as appreciated for what you're doing and what you're giving. Yeah, everybody not, might not see it. It might not be all over the news or social media, but God sees it. And God will not forget the work that you're doing. I believe really what's happening, I guess prophetically, um, what I'm sensing, we, God has really been shifting a lot of our focus towards his coming and what's to come. Even in our, our staff, all the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about the return of Jesus and, and what's coming ahead. And I just really believe this is the wise way for Christians to think. God is constantly trying to shift our mind to thinking about the eternal. We as people, this world has a way of really uh, distracting us and making us live our lives and give our time to temporal things. But if you look at scripture, he's, he's constantly trying to shift our focus as his church to the things that are eternal and the things that will last. There's more to this life Sorry, there's more to life than this life. Uh, it's a little bit corny now. It's been dated, but at one point in time, one point in time, it was kind of a trend for everybody to say uh, YOLO, which means you only live once. And it was popular. I don't think people say it anymore. Do people, this is a youth section. Do people say YOLO anymore. Yeah, it's done. Well, when I was in college, everybody said it, and it was all they said. Um, I figured it was done, but at one point in time, it was, it was what a lot of people would say. And they always seemed to say it before they did something irresponsible. It was always before they about to jump off a cliff or, or buy something they, they can't afford or, or, or do something that's just, and it's this whole idea of we're only living for this moment. And though it has inspired a lot of fun activity and, you know, it's fun to kind of think that way, it's the most biblically incorrect thing. It's not true. We don't only live once. Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, man is destined to die once and after that, can everyone say after that? After that to face judgment, which means there is an afterlife to this life that we live. And the enemy in our flesh wants to keep us caught up in this side of eternity, of this life that we live before we die, when really there's a whole nother life that's to come that as long as, uh, as the Lord wants us thinking more about that life than we all currently do. And I can, I can honestly say that. So it's not as catchy, but the biblical correction or the biblically correct version of that is uh, yolt, which means you only live twice. Um, I doubt there'll be too many songs with that in it, but that if you want to be scripturally correct, we, we, we live twice. We live to live again. And, and my part of my job as pastor is to prepare you for what's to come, that life, that way when you step into eternity, you are happy with the life that you have lived or the life that you have invested in so that you can enjoy eternity with God. We're all going to stand before God and we're going to assess two things. There's two things that we're going to assess when we meet God face to face to face on this day of judgment. And I call it the, the two-question test. We'll call it the two-question test. There's two questions that the Lord's going to assess for all of our lives. And the Bible's so good that it gives us the, the answers to how to prepare for that test so that we can answer correctly and get a, a, a positive 
response from God the Father. Um, the first question that I believe the Lord is going to assess for all of our lives is, what did you do with my son, Jesus? God the Father gave Jesus to this world as a gift. He has blessed this world with the person of Jesus, with the message of Jesus, with the work of Jesus. And all of us have responded differently. And the way that we respond is going to determine our eternity. Before I talk about the right answer to that question that's on the screen, I want to cover some wrong answers in case someone was prepared to come to God with this. Here's some wrong answers when asked, what did you do with my son Jesus? I went to church and sang songs about your son. I read a book about your son. Even I believed in your son. Now, I say these are wrong answers, but all of these things are good things. I'm not saying all of these things are good. You should go to church. You should sing songs about God. You should read the book about Jesus and other, other books about Jesus, and you should believe in him. But that is not the answer that your father is going to be looking for. And the reason why I know that is because a passage in Matthew 7 where Jesus gives us some clarity about what God is going to be wanting and expecting from those that he receives into his kingdom. Jesus says in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That key word is only. Only is a, is a controversial word in our culture. We don't like absolutes. We like gray, we like vague, we like sorta. The Bible is letting us know that only those who do the will of the Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus goes on further to say, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons. And in your name perform many miracles, many miracles. Jesus says, then I will tell them plainly, which means he's going to give it to you pretty straight. And he's going to say, I never knew you, if that's your response to him, which shows us that all of eternity is based on relationship, not religion. And that's something that really we need to take to heart because it can be, religion can be very deceptive. Religion teaches you the steps. You can do the steps. You can do the, the method. You can have a form of godliness. You can memorize the lyrics. You, you, you can, and, and again, good lyrics and, and good methods and good steps, but they cannot replace a personal relationship with Jesus. Prophesying is good. Casting out devils is great. Doing miracles in Jesus' name are good things, but they cannot replace a personal relationship with Jesus. You know how they say you put the horse before the car or the cart before the horse? It's one of those things. The, the source of our works has to be a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the, that's the life 
source. It's through our personal relationship with Jesus that we, that we read our Bible. It's through our personal relationship with Jesus that we feed the poor. It's through our personal relationship with Jesus that we prophesy and we cast out demons. And what people make the mistake of doing is what they do is they say, I'll bypass the personal relationship and I'll just start casting out devils. I'll bypass the relationship with Jesus and I'll just start feeding the poor. I'll skip the relationship with Jesus and I'll just start singing on the worship team or working with the kids and and we end up doing the things that are meant to be the byproduct and we do those things first and we miss out on the relationship and the Lord is saying that people who do that are going to get a rude awakening. They're going to get a rude awakening when they stand before God and even though they did the aspects of Christianity, if they missed out on the person, the person, heart to heart, spirit to spirit connection with Jesus, all of it will mean nothing. So the right answer to the question of what you did with, your, with, with Jesus is, I knew him personally. That's the right answer. That's the answer that's going to get the ding, ding. That's the right answer. To have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because apparently, you can do a lot of Christian things and still not know Jesus. Apparently, you can do a lot of religious things and God still not know you. He wants to know you before he wants you to do anything for, for, you, for him. He wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. And it's from your relationship that you begin to do his works and, and do his will. We have to make sure, me included, we have to make sure to not let the work of God come before the person of Jesus The second thing that he's going to ask is, what did you do with what I gave you? Now, this this really can be the fun part because this is where God gets to reward those who have been blessing people and doing things in his name. And I believe that Jesus is actually very excited about it because according to the word, he's everyone who's been doing his will, we've been storing up rewards and treasures in heaven. And on this day, he's going to finally get, be able to give us all that we've been storing up over the years. And I believe he's excited about it. And I believe that, that we all can be excited about it because many of you guys have been laboring for the Lord and you have been doing good works in his name and you have been generous with people. And those of you who haven't, you still have time. You can start today. Can everyone say today? You can start today and start doing his will and store up your treasures in heaven. We'll get to that later, but let me get to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Verse 10 says, for we all, let's say all, All. we all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every single one of us, every single person in this room, every single person you know, every single person you've ever, ever met, will all have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, this is the purpose of this meeting, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done, not thought about, not prayed about, not wished about, things that were done. You got to do it. You got to move past the thoughts and turn it into action. We will receive what is due to us for the things done while in the body, while in this body. All of us have been given a body. And before that body goes into the grave, God is going to assess, or after the, once that body's gone to the grave, 
He's going to assess what we've done while in this body. So what we've done with our hands, what we've done with our feet, what we've done with our eyes, what we've done with our words, what we've done with our voice, what we've done with our talents, with our intellect, with our personality, with our resources, what we have done with what we have been given. The Bible says we're going to receive what is due to us, whether good or bad. I'm going to focus on the good because that's what we're about here at Nashville Life. We are called to do good. And I believe for those of you who haven't been doing good, in Jesus' name, you're going to start doing good today. So let's talk about the good because, because there's good things coming for those who, who have done good while in this life. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. That's good news for some of us, and some of us are like, oh, I think the people who have the most trouble with that are the ones who might not be doing as much as you know that you should be doing. Because those who know you're laboring in the vineyard, this is good news. Man, God is going to give me according to what I've done. And that's, this is a controversial topic for the culture that we've sort of built in this modern day. Because we live in a culture, we have built a culture where everybody gets a trophy. And there's this idea that no matter what you've done, even if you did a little bit, you're going to get the same. And that's just not the way heaven works. Heaven doesn't subscribe to our culture down here. Christians, we're called to adapt to the culture of heaven. Heaven doesn't adapt to the culture here. Heaven says you will be rewarded according to the work that you have done. So if you have done a lot of work, you're going to get a lot of rewards. If you haven't done any work, there's probably not going to be any rewards for you. But we can start today. We can start today. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful blessing. It's a beautiful blessing. And I want you guys to be encouraged about this because God, he rewards according to what we've, what we've done, but it's all in context to what we've been given. It's all in context to what we've been given. So I don't want anyone to think, oh, man, I, I can't do all that much. Trust me. Remember the woman with the two mites? I'll give you this example in case you don't know that reference. Let's say someone has $20 in their bank account. And this other person has like $2 million in their bank account. And this person gives $20 to the Lord. And this person who has $2 million gives uh, $500 to the Lord. From God's perspective, who gave more? The one who gave the 20? Why? For those of you who said the 20, why? In context to what they had, they give up, gave a whole lot more. than So $500 is more than 20 But for when 20 is all that you have, it moves heaven because it's, you're giving all that you have. It counts as so much more than giving, because not because of the amount, but because in context to what you've been given. So I don't, I don't want anyone in here to be discouraged just because you're not filthy rich or because you don't have all of these things. God is not asking you to, to give or to do what you don't have. But he is basing it off of what you do.
do have. So if you've been given much, much is required of you. If you've been, based off what you've been given, that's how the Lord is going to measure how much you've done with your life. God is a rewarder. It's who he is. And I know sometimes people get uncomfortable talking about the rewards of God because we're supposed to just, you know, want to do it just because it's the right thing to do. And that's great. And I, I, I praise God for, you know, the idea that heaven is enough. You know, the rewards are great, but to make it in heaven is enough. And, and don't get me wrong, heaven is way better than hell. You know, so it's, 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 it's great to get to heaven, but we don't serve a, a, a heaven-only God, there's rewards beyond. Once you get into heaven, there's rewards for your life based off what you've done in this world. You've heard of Disney Plus and Paramount Plus. We, we, we serve a heaven plus God. When you get to heaven, once you're in heaven, then there'll be an assessment for the things that you've done. And the Lord rewards. And it's, it's his prerogative. It's not, and, and for him to let us know that, I think it, it means he wants us to know that. And I don't think that, I'm, I'm not afraid of knowing that there's rewards for the actions that I do in heaven. God, it's who he is. It's, God is a rewarder just like he is a redeemer, just like he is a deliverer, just like he is a savior, just like he is, he is a rewarder. It's who he is, and he rewards those who diligently seek him, and he rewards those who do good in his name. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 Revelation 22, verse 12 says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. So he's not coming empty-handed. He's coming with rewards, and he's ready to lavish them on everyone who's made choices to store up their treasures in heaven. All of those treasures that you've been storing up in heaven, he's going to finally be able to unleash to you and reward you with when he sees you on that day. And he says, and there he goes again, I'm going to give to everyone according to his work. Which means there's going to be different rewards given out. Because there's different amounts of work being done. And that's okay. That's a good thing. According to your work. And, and, and you know, if, if you, the Bible says, he who gives Bountifully will reap bountifully. So if you want a lot of rewards in heaven, then get busy. The ball is in your court. You, you can determine the amount of treasure that you have in heaven. That is not up to him. That's actually up to you. You determine how much treasure you have in heaven by the decisions you make during this life. And it's your responsibility. It's your privilege. It's your choice. Amen? Um, how do I live a life that God rewards? If God is going to reward me, how do I live a life that he will reward? The right answer to that question of how did you, what did you do with what I gave you? The right answer is I used what you gave me to make an eternal difference. I used the salary you gave me. I used the salvation that you gave me. I used the, the personality that you gave me. I used the, the family, the marriage that you gave me. I used the children that you gave me. I used, I used the connections and the relationships that you gave me. I, I, I used the successes. I used the failures. I used everything that I am. I used everything that you gave me, and I chose to use those things to make an eternal difference. 
Church of the Highlands calls it the eternal return on, invest, on investment. The E-R-O-I. The way, the choices that we make, we can actually invest during this life into eternal matters, eternal things. Because honestly, guys, that's the only thing that's going to last. Only things that are going to still be standing there after all is said and done is what we've invested into Christ and what we've done for his kingdom. Every other thing, even the good things, will all wither away. The only thing that will still be standing after all is said and done is what we invested in eternity. Matthew chapter 6, this is what Jesus said. Jesus says in verse 19 of Matthew 6, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not a wise investment. He says, why? Because moth and rust destroy things that are on earth. He said, and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus says, but store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus was basically saying, guys, most of us, we're very focused on earth. And when you're focused on earth, that's where you invest. It's very easy. This world has a way of intoxicating us and distracting us and really pumping this illusion that it's all about now. And it wants to keep us blind and deaf to, to eternity. And the enemy likes this because as long as we are storing up our treasures here, we'll have nothing when we get into eternity. But if we live our lives and make wise decisions, eternal decisions now, we will be welcomed with great treasure when we see God. It's a different way to think, guys, but it's worth the effort. It's worth changing your mind. It's worth changing the way that you think. You will thank yourself when you reach eternity. Because, guys, catch this. Eternity is way, 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 way longer than your time on earth. And I just want y'all to, I don't want us to have the weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want us to go, oh, thank God I made those investments while I was on earth. Thank God I stored up treasure because now I actually have riches here. Opposed to putting all of my riches back there. Back, what, back to what the word calls a vapor of time compared to what life really is. Y'all see why YOLO is just not it? It's not it. It wants you to think about only now when we actually have a longer, another life that's to come. This earth is, is vulnerable to so much change. I know why Jesus says don't store up our treasures here because it's vulnerable to, to decay. It's vulnerable to change, corruption, government, po political corruption. It's... It's, it's vulnerable to natural disasters, disease, moral decline, wars, inflation, recession, theft, crime. All of the things in the world, the, everything on earth is vulnerable to all of those things happening. So Jesus says, don't, stop. trust me, you don't want to store things here. 
Store things in a more secure place, a place that's on a completely different plane where crime can't affect it. Store your place something where, where inflation can't affect it. Store your treasure somewhere where, where corruption can't affect it, where disease, where hurricanes and tsunamis can't affect it. Store your treasure in a place where none of those things can touch it. And that place is heaven. So how do we do that? First of all, we got to be intentional. we got to be intentional, guys. No one thinks about eternity on accident. When we're left to ourselves, we begin living for this world. We begin living for the right now. We all have to make a constant effort. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help us fast and even pray sometimes, pray and even fast sometimes to keep our minds on the things above. We got to be intentional. And I want us to intentionally do three things. Three things that I believe if you're intentional about it, you'll see your life become a lot more prepared for heaven. One, intentionally give. You got to be intentional about it. Give what? Give what you have. That's the thing about God. He's fair. He's not going to hold you accountable to what he gave somebody else. He's only going to expect, he's only going to judge your, your, what you give based off what he gave you. It looks different for all of us. We've all been di given different lots. We've all been given a different lot of blessings, a different, all of us. So based on what the Lord has given you, that's what you give. First Corinthians 16, verse 2. This is talking about giving to the local church. Paul says, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when it comes, no collections will have to be made. The key word here is in keeping with your income. It's based on what you've been given that the Lord wants you to give. Not even based on the need, based on what you've been given. Paul was trying to lead the church from giving based on what the needs were to simply giving based on what we've been given. So if you've been given, whenever God blesses you with more, then that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's your cue. Even if you don't hear about a need, and Paul is saying the more, if we just start giving based on what we've been given, then when a need comes up, we won't have to take a collection for every small thing that happens because we don't give based on need. We give based on gratitude. We give because we're thankful. We give because God has given to us, which is why you should be in a community that makes you thankful. And honestly, if, 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 the, if this community doesn't make you thankful, find a place that does because it's so, that's how important gratitude is. you got to be able to, to be thankful and, and, and give out of a thankful place because God has blessed me. That's the best way to give because otherwise it begins to be under compulsion. It begins to be begrudgingly, and it's not the heart of what God wants. If you want to give cheerfully, it must be given from a thankful heart. 
So Paul was trying to move me. He said, in step with your income. So if you get a raise, then you get to raise your given. Why? Because you've been given more. I can give more because I've been given more. Based off what you've been given, based on your income, give according to that. Intentionally give. Second one, intentionally serve. Another thing that we've got to intentionally do. Because when left alone, we, we tend to just care for ourselves. Me, myself, and I. We have to be intentional to serve others. We have to be intentional to put others before ourselves. We have to be intentional. I just don't think that none of us are all that righteous in ourselves. I just don't think that much of any of us. <laughs> we all have to try. First Timothy 6, 18 through 19. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need. Always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. There you go. It's that direct connection. You give according to what God has given you. By doing this, Paul says, this they will be storing up real treasure. Real treasure. Not the stuff that dis disappears. Not the stuff that melts. Not the stuff that withers away. Real treasure. You will be storing it up for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. Two opportunities to serve. There's a lot, but I'll just highlight two. One is serving on teams. Next step three today is actually how you can join team. So if you want to serve in your local church, please come. We would love to connect you. And then our serve days. I want to thank everyone who participated yesterday. We had a great group of people here that went out shopping, and we put up baskets together and got to deliver Thanksgiving dinner to uh, the, th uh, the fire, fire department across the street. So their families now have a turkey and all of the sides to make this week for Thanksgiving. Um, but, yeah, these are practical things that can have eternal effects on people. Will turkey save them? No. But turkey might open their eyes and hearts to Jesus. That act might lead someone to Jesus, which will change their lives. We got to know, know how to work it, y'all. We got to know how to do it. It's the, it's the temporal blessings that bring people to the eternal blessing, who is Jesus. That $5 is not going to save their soul, but that $5 might open their heart to a conversation about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's a connection, the Bible says he who wins souls is wise. We got to know that sometimes people need their natural needs met before they care about your God. Number three, intentionally share Christ. Turkey is great. Money is great. Shelter is great. Clothes is great. But nothing will bless people more than Jesus Christ. That is the one eternal thing that you can give people. And you got a plan to do it, guys. I know we want to think of ourselves as being, I don't know, like, even if you're a Christian, even if you're filled with the Spirit, you still have to be intentional about sharing Christ with people. Please be willing to try. 
be willing to try. Don't, don't mistake passivity for being led of the Spirit. A lot, a lot of times we just have these scenarios in our mind that we're just going to be walking in Target and someone just says, there's just a glow about you. How can I be saved? And you go, oh, I thought you never ask. And like we have these scenarios in our mind that we just think are these divine. And it could happen, but we should not wait for that to happen. We should not. The Bible says we have to go out and compel people to come. We have to actually put in effort. We've got to really break that, that belief system that it's not spirit-led unless it's easy. Try telling that to Paul. Tell Stephen that. Tell Jesus that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not led of the Spirit. And just because you're not good at it doesn't mean you're not called to do it. It just means you're new and you got to practice. Please, guys, don't discount yourself from being a soul winner. And if it's awkward for you, it doesn't mean it's not the will of God. It just means you got to have some discomfort to obey Jesus. Imagine that, right? I'm telling you. Thank God for mercy and patience for God, of God, on me and on, on all of us. Last scripture, James 5, 19 through 20. It says, dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That is the privilege and the honor that we have as Christians. We can actually be used by God to save people from death. And to connect them to the forgiveness of sin. This is the eternal work that we are all called to do. It's not just a pastor's job. It's just not full-time minister's job. It's for every person who calls Jesus their Lord. None of us are not called to lead people to Jesus. Why? Because it's the one eternal difference that we can make on a person's life, or it's the greatest eternal difference. Y'all, leading people to Jesus is even greater than, heal, than praying healing from, for somebody. You can be healed from cancer and still go to hell. You can be healed, of, you, can, you, you can be blind and now see and still not know Jesus. So praise God for the miracles, but the miracles should lead to let me tell you about Jesus so you can give your life to him and he can save you for eternity. I mean, I'm even just sensing how, how the Lord is really trying to get us to be more eternally minded. We got some, we got some, we got some effort to put in, guys. I bless you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to eternity. By your grace, God, by your power, open our eyes to the weight of eternity. 
Open our eyes to the significance of eternity. Help us, Father. Help us see what really matters. Forgive us for being distracted. Forgiving us. Forgive us for being double-minded and, and nearsighted. Not seeing what's to come. Not, not, not thinking enough on what's to come after this life is over. Lord, tomorrow is not promised. I believe we all will be faced with eternity sooner than a lot of us think. And I believe that you're speaking to us, God. Waking us up, warning us to store up our treasure in heaven, to pursue eternal things, to invest in eternal matters, to give our time and our energy and our resources and our passion to eternal things. So on that day, it's not just us in heaven, but so many others that we've taken the time out to lead to you. Holy Spirit, even now, put people on our hearts. Give us a burden, Holy Spirit. I ask you, I ask you on behalf of everybody here to give us a burden for the lost, for the people in our lives who don't know you. Lord, let us care more. Let us try harder. Let us pray longer. You want to use us to make a difference in their lives, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask us all to stand. The most eternal gift that I can offer you is Jesus Christ. That's the most eternal gift I can give you. Everything else won't last, but Jesus will last. Your relationship with him will last. What you do for him will last. So today, let's make a point to Grow our relationship with Jesus. If you're not following him, you can start today. If you started following him, but maybe over time it became more religious and now you feel empty even though you're still doing the things, today is for you. The Lord wants to bring you back to a personal relationship with him. I'm going to ask for the prayer team to get in position. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And this prayer is going to either initiate or reignite your walk with Jesus. So repeat these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day forgive me of my sins 
Make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. Let's lift up a sound of thanksgiving to God. God, we're grateful for you. We want to know you. We love you. If you said yes to the Lord Jesus, congratulations. There's a few things I want to tell you you can do. You can text the word belong to 77411. Great easy way to get connected, find out what's going on in our church. We would love to connect with each of you. If you want to come to Next Steps, we have that starting basically right after I dismiss on the third floor. I'll be there as well with the rest of the staff. And you can learn about the vision of our church. You can learn how to get involved, start serving more. If you just want to hear about what we're doing and just make your decision later, feel free to come. We would love to meet you, shake your hand. Um, if you want to give, you can give online or our finance team can serve you in the lobby. Uh, our legacy offering is December 10th. So remember to be praying about what you want to give on that day towards all of our legacy uh, endeavors with missions, next generation, and uh, our building. And then lastly, if you want prayer for anything, this team is here to pray for you. They love God. They love you. And they came here to pray for you. So don't hesitate to ask for prayer on your way out. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday, y'all. So, so do it right. And I'll see y'all next week. Love you. <laughs>